1: Welcome to our show again. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I'm your host, Doris Hanson, and we're thankful that you've joined us. Of course, we do broadcast uh, weekly on a weekly schedule so that we can continue to bring to the table information about early Mormon and, of course, contemporary polygamy. We focus on Mormon polygamy simply because it changes the gospel of Jesus Christ from grace into polygamy for salvation. And if polygamy, uh, it takes polygamy to become saved, then of course polygamy becomes the savior instead of Jesus Christ. Before we get started, I'd like to make an announcement uh, about the movie, Prophets Pray, that's going to soon be released in various theaters around the country. Prophets Pray, the book was written by Sam Brower, and it was the inspiration for the film. It's the disturbing and shocking inside story Warren Jeffs and the FLDS polygamy group now polygamy groups are all patriarchal secret religions but Warren Jeffs ruled the FLDS with an iron fist and depraved sexual exploitation he brought child rape up to a new low and placed the blame on God the movie will be showing in Salt Lake City on Friday October 2nd at 7 p.m. it will be at the Broadway Center theater at 111 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City and we urge all of our viewers to go and watch it if you possibly can. Now our show this time is the second part of two parts on a discussion about the polygamy essays that have been posted on the official LDS.org website where the LDS leaders have finally admitted that Joseph Smith did have somewhere between 30 and 40 secret plural wives. Now for polygamists it's no big deal. But for many of the mainline Mormons, they are shocked uh, to hear that what their critics have been saying all along turned out to be true, Uh, despite decades of denial by the mainstream LDS church leaders, even calling those who talked about it anti-Mormon liars. And our returning guest for this discussion is Sandra Tanner. She is the owner and the operator of the Utah Lighthouse Ministry in Salt Lake City. So I would like to introduce and welcome back Sandra. Thanks again, Sandra for being yeah. here again yeah. of course like last time <laughs> we're basing our discussion on your newsletter it's newsletter number 12, uh, 124 entitled problems in the lds essays on plural marriage so tell our viewers if they can still get this newsletter and how they can get it and where your uh, sh- uh, your bookstore is
2: right we have a bookstore utah lighthouse at uh, 1358 south on west temple in salt lake city And if they just drop me a note there or uh, go through our website at utlm.org, they can just request it. It's sent free. Mm -hmm. And uh, we still have copies left left of this edition. And this newsletter has many details and footnotes here. So if people hear us talking about something and they say, well, how do I know that's true? They get the newsletter, it'll give them the references, and then they can look it up themselves.
1: And that's one thing you've done in all your work is make sure that every footnote, everything yeah. is, is, uh, is backed up by footnotes and resources, references, it's, yeah. it's great. Uh, Well, we're going to get started again. We left, I think, off on page 8 of your newsletter, where Mm -hmm. we're just going point by point through some of the discussion that you did with it. But I'm going to start with the word concubine.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, The Easton's Bible Dictionary defines concubine as, and I quote, A wife of secondary rank. They had no authority in the family, nor could they share in the household government. It was a woman who cohabits with a man without being his wife, a paramour, or and a wife of inferior condition. So, based on that Bible description of what a concubine is, did the early Mormons have concubines? Do they admit to having concubines or deny it?
2: What's the... Well, that's a good question. Why is it in the Revelation? Now, most Mormons haven't read section 132 and paid attention to the wording, but it says God uh, approved of wives and concubines for David and Solomon. So who are the concubines? Now, wives of second class, actually, I think Joseph's wives would fall in that. Uh, In the Bible, a concubine would not have rights of inheritance. Right. Well, none of Joseph's plural wives had rights of inheritance. So would that have made them concubines? The Mormons never explained to us yeah. who who fits in that category.
1: Right, right. And and it, it says that it's a wife of inferior condition and, yeah. and, and so you don't have as much say as the first wife. And that that really is true in the polygamy groups, yes. I'm telling you. It if a man has a favorite wife, usually it's the first wife, but not always. Sometimes mm-hmm. he'll have a favorite wife and she rules the roost for for a rule and a ruling over the other wives. Right. So they have but they wouldn't call themselves concubines. No. They wouldn't refer to that. The next heading is motivation for recording the revelation. And I want to quote, it's on page 8, and I quote, The opening essay reads, The same revelation that taught of plural marriage was embedded within a revelation about eternal marriage, the teaching that marriage could last beyond death, end quote. Now, it's doubtful that very many Mormons or even polygamists really understand the so-called plural marriage revelation was dictated, why it was dictated in the first place and how. So why don't you tell them how and why?
2: (laughs) Well, Joseph Smith had already been living polygamy for a couple of years minimum before this revelation is recorded. So it wasn't a matter of getting this revelation first and then him saying, oh my, I guess I'm going to have to start doing this. He already had a couple of dozen wives before this gets recorded but the reason for the recording is that Joseph can't get Emma to consent to him taking plural wives. And so his brother Hiram, who has recently been converted to the principal, says to Joseph, well, if you'll just write it down, I'll take it to Emma and I'm sure I can get her to approve of this. <laughs> and Joseph says to Hiram, you don't know Emma like I do. Well, Hiram's convinced he can do this. So he gets him to write it down. A copy was also made of the revelation that wasn't the only one. But anyways, Hiram goes off with this revelation to read it to Emma. When he comes back, and Joseph essentially says, well, how'd it go? And Hiram says, I never received such a severe talking to (laughs) in my life. (laughs) And that's Mormon sources. I mean, this is a... uh, (laughs) hearsay this is their own sources that record this
1: uh-huh yeah Emma. yeah she just and and then he said something like well i told you i yeah, knew emma right. better than you did so there were other polygamists at that time besides just oh, joseph absolutely. smith
2: yes and
1: even though it was all kept top secret there yeah. were many men in there were in polygamy uh
2: by the time joseph smith dies in 1844 so it's a year after the revelation um there were approximately two dozen Mormon men in Nauvoo that were practicing polygamy. But by the time they leave, um, a few years later, there are almost 200 men. But at Mm -hmm. the time Joseph Smith dies, he had got a couple dozen of his close followers Mm
1: -hmm. to go into it. But Emma wasn't the first wife that was actually sealed to him.
2: Oh no, no, he's sealed to Louisa Beeman in 1841. Uh, before Emma, I mean, he's, a couple dozen of them are sealed to him before Emma. Before Emma,
1: Emma was. That's well, a-
2: she couldn't get her sealing until she agreed to polygamy. That's right. So that's right. he wants to marry uh, some wives, and Emma is holding back, and finally she says, okay, well, if I get to pick them, and Joseph says, okay, who do you pick? And she picks uh, two sisters that were living there in the home, Uh, the Partridge sisters, and Mm -hmm. rather than tell Emma that he had already married them, the girls, the women, grown women later in their life tell that they went through a second ceremony for Emma's benefit. Rather than tell Emma, we already married Joseph without your consent, they went through a second ceremony just for her.
1: I wonder if she ever found that out.
2: Yeah, I don't know. But uh, that was to guarantee her eternal life that she consents to these girls absolutely and that's what I want to quote for next I
1: want to quote Doctrine and Covenants section one thirty two sixty four, where it says I say unto you if any man have a wife who holds the keys of this power and he teaches her the law of my priesthood as pertaining to these things and that's plural marriage then shall she believe and administer unto him or she shall be destroyed saith the Lord your God for I will destroy her now there's, yes. there's some, that's flashback to me <laughs> stuff. You know, I mean, we got yeah. that when we were growing up and most polygamous groups just yeah. continue to use that. But it's a lot, thus saith the Lord. I mean, yes. this is the from God and threatening destruction. But the irony of all this is Emma never did accept polygamy. No. But she lived a ripe old age.
2: Yes, yes. She outlived Joseph.
1: By uh, a long shot. Y-
2: yes, by many, <laughs> many years. Right, Uh
1: it's almost like God's poetic justice in <laughs> in turning that back on him.
2: Yeah. Well, and the Mormons will say sometimes that they don't need to worry. God will never allow the prophet to lead them astray. He would take them out of office. And I say, well, did you ever think about the fact that he took Joseph Smith out of office? Mm-hmm. I mean, he died young.
1: He did. <laughs> and, and, and it was try- quite dramatic and it, quite direct, sudden, too. And
2: directly related to polygamy. The whole reason the whole for him reason. being in jail was because of... Someone blowing the whistle on his polygamy. And
1: that's the whole thing with the, with the Nauvoo um.
2: expositor. Yeah. yeah,
1: and if we have time, we'll talk about that a little bit. On page 9 under the heading, uh, Threatened by an Angel. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is not quite my favorite. But I want to quote from uh, the essay, Plural Marriage in Kirtland and Nauvoo. Joseph told associates that an angel appeared to him three times between 1834 and 1842 and commanded him to proceed with plural marriage, When he hesitated to move forward, during the third and final appearance, the angel came with a drawn sword, threatening Joseph with destruction unless he went forward and obeyed the commandment fully. You know, it seems like we read over and over again, God's going to destroy you. You know, he just calls down destruction uh, so many times in different ways. Um, But he also used this same destruction thing uh, with in his plural marriage proposals, that's quite a way to get a plural uh, marriage proposal, isn't it?
2: Oh, right. marry
1: me or else.
2: (laughs) Right. And, you know, Mormons need to go back and read section 132. Most of them have not paid attention to the threats given to Emma and to any woman that has this principle revealed Mm -hmm. to her. I mean, they're all threatened with destruction Mm -hmm. if they don't accept this. I don't recall that it threatened the men that way. No, none it's of the, men, the
1: women. None of the men. They were the men were told that they needed yeah. to do it, but there wasn't any threats like that. Now about this angel that he claimed came to threaten him, he was already a polygamist when he yeah. claims the angel came and told him he better start living polygamy.
2: Right. I don't understand this whole thing about why an angel needed to come and demand that he enter into polygamy when he had already entered into it, and. There's at least two of the married women that claim that he told them that that mm-hmm. the angel came and said he had to live this. Yeah. Well, why? The women were already married. Why why would the angel be concerned that he married them in polygamy? That's why a not good question. Just go to all the single women? Well, he seemed to get a lot of them, but the I find that one of the things that disturbs people Uh, above other things in the polygamy issue, is the polyandry, which is a woman having more than one husband. And Mormons don't usually have a grasp of this, that Joseph was practicing polyandry. Mm -hmm. He was marrying women that already had a husband. Mm -hmm.
1: That's exactly right. And um, you call this angel story spiritual blackmail.
2: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I mean, can you imagine going to uh, a young woman? I mean, this is the prophet of God, according to them. He speaks for God. This is like Moses coming to you and saying, you need to take me as your husband or this angel is going to kill me. Well, what kind of a God is that? Yes, that's a good question. And how does this fit in with the doctrine of free agency? Yes, one would wonder.
1: (laughs) Uh, For sure. And that's what I wondered a lot, too. uh, You know, this is exactly the way modern-day polygamists are operated, exactly the same way. There really is very little difference. And then there's the secrecy um, of Joseph Smith's polygamy. None of his plural wives were ever publicly acknowledged. Many of
2: them didn't even know each other as plural marriage. That
1: was going to be my next question. How many of them knew about each other? Very few.
2: A few of the girls there in the that lived in the Smith home. He had kind of like a boarding house. A few of them knew of different ones that were plural wives, but the extent of it wasn't known. And it becomes obvious when, uh, what is it, 1887 or whenever that the article comes out in the return here in, uh, or the historical record here in Salt Lake where Andrew Jensen, Mormon historian, and uh, also Joseph F. Smith had gone around interviewing and collecting statements from all the people that used to be in mm-hmm. Nauvoo yeah. about his polygamy, and through that all, we can see that most of the women didn't know each other and didn't know what the list was,
1: and didn't know that the others were married to him. Right. In fact, the Relief Society, he, he would get up and speak to all these women and and talk about, you know, all the morality and and, and poor ma- Emma. Yes,
2: here's here's Emma at the Relief Society meeting, not realizing that probably half the women in the room have been secretly married to Not Joseph
1: married to
2: but him. many of the women in that room that had been married to him wouldn't have known about the other women in the room yeah, that yeah, had been married right, to him
1: right so they had and so secrecy was secrecy extremely on important every side at that. okay <laughs> let's talk about the Nauvoo expositor they left it out in the essays. They didn't discuss yeah, it. They didn't right. bring it up and, and what that was all about, the relationship to Joseph Smith's polygamy and ultimately his death. Right. Now, the reason that the prophet died should be well known, yes. shouldn't it? Yes. So since they didn't talk about it, why don't we talk about it <laughs> Right. explain it to our viewers?
2: Right. Well, so you have now for at least three years, you've had Joseph Smith secretly going around behind the scenes, marrying all these different women, getting a couple dozen of his close leaders involved in living polygamy. But not everyone was comfortable with this. There, were, there was opposition and top leadership. And William Law and his brother and a couple other men also were very upset about this. They knew about it secretly, but they nothing had been put in the papers about it mm-hmm. from the Mormon side. And uh, so William Law went to Joseph and pleaded with him to give this all up. Well, you should back up. One of the things that really set off the law is when Joseph had gone and asked Jane Law to be his plural yeah. wife, and that kind of set things off with William. But William pleaded with Joseph to give up all this polygamy, and Joseph wouldn't back down on it. And when William Law became aware of the... Lawrence sisters that were two sisters living in the Smith home. Joseph Smith was their legal guardian and in charge of their estate. And he felt that Joseph was taking advantage of these girls. So he filed a lawsuit against Joseph on adultery and misusing their funds. Um, William and some other men set up the Nauvoo Expositor and a uh, opposition press in Nauvoo but these were Mormon men this isn't anti-Mormon right. non-Mormons right. he still believed Mormonism and he wanted to set up a reformed church that wouldn't have polygamy uh, so th- this is a friend that's trying to get him to desist and he can't get Joseph to back down so they put out this newspaper Josephus mayor orders the destruction of the press and uh, they did destroy the whole thing Mm-hmm. Uh, This led to all kind of uh, problems and threat of riot in town and such. So Joseph eventually gets arrested for this and is put in Carthage jail awaiting a hearing on it. And the citizenry around Nauvoo uh, were fed up with the Mormons. They thought they were just some crazy cult out there and wanted to get rid of the whole thing. So they stormed the jail and killed Joseph Smith. Uh, I wish they'd have left him alone and let him go to court because I think it would have put an end to Mormonism and it would have exposed all of his terrible inner teachings. But it was his own people that uh, were blowing the whistle on his mm-hmm. polygamy. It was, it was.
1: Um, and and I don't believe that most Mainstream Mormons realize that that's exactly what
2: happened. Right. That It was his political. Oh yeah, the that did movies it. they show on Joseph's they, they show life. It. They they don't explain why he gets arrested. Yeah. They show him getting arrested, but they don't tell why. And
1: and they just make it seem like that he was a like a lamb. Yes. Led to the slaughter. Right. Is, yeah. is what I've heard all my life, and of course that is not true. Mm-hmm. Plural marriage in Utah, you quoted from the essay about the practice of polygamy in Utah, and I quote, women and men who lived within plural marriages attested to challenges and difficulties, but also to the love and joy they found within their families. This is like fingernails scratching on the blackboard to me. uh, But... uh, Let's, besides that, according to the historical record, did, did Emma, I mean what we read, did Emma find no.
2: joy in all of this? No, the whole uh, scenario for Joseph Smith's polygamy is one of heartache. Uh, Emma wed through agony over this. Uh, people need to read her biography, yes. um, Mormon Enigma, the mm-hmm. story of Emma Smith. And it shows the heartache and turmoil in the home. She threatens to divorce Joseph Smith at times. Mm-hmm. She had a horrible life, and even horrible. out here in Utah, they had horrible times with this. Brigham got up in Brigham Young got up in conference one time and said, I'm tired of all these women complaining." And come the next October or whatever date he gave, he's gonna. He says, "I'm gonna set y'all through all Sorry. free." Because I'm not going to have any more of this arguing, complaining, and bickering going on. Either yeah. shut up or ship out. You know, it was, uh-huh. it was just an amazing and sermon. And that's in the
1: Journal of Discourses. Yes. Uh, the sermon is there. And if it was if everybody was so happy and had all this love and joy, the essays make it sound like they had. Right. There would have been no need for a sermon like that.
2: No, no. And his own wife, my great-great-grandma, Marianne Angel, she uh, made a statement at one time that uh, if God doesn't... Uh, compensate all the plural wives for all the misery they've been through, he will be very unjust. <laughs> that's
1: right, <laughs> that's right, because it is misery. And it's the same in polygamy groups today, it's the same misery. It, yeah. People don't change, the love that they need uh, for, for and resources from their husband hasn't changed. Another quote you quoted from Todd Compton's book, In Sacred Loneliness, um, and I quote, Compton gives further insight into the lives of those living celestial marriage. Polygamous wives often experienced what was essentially acute neglect. Despite the husband's sincere efforts, he could only give a specific wife a fraction of his time and means, end quote. Actually, that's the brutal truth of polygamy. Right. Then and now. It's not the love and joy that the LDSSL claimed it was at all. And it's a very sad thing. And I want to thank you for bringing that out in your Mm -hmm. newsletter. Because some of these glamour reality shows, you know, that show polygamy, they don't don't show the truth of what it's really like behind the scenes.
2: Well, you have uh, in the newsletter, I talk about uh, Brigham Young with... When you realize that he married over 55 women in plural marriage, he had around 56 children, but those children were only by 16 wives. Why only 16 wives Mm -hmm. when he married dozens more than that? But he goes on at one point to explain that it's none of those wives' business how often he visits them, whether it's once a year or every three years, it's none of their business. And I'm thinking, oh, well, swell, that's a great marriage. Mm-hmm. that obviously he had very little to do with a lot of these women. In it's fact, a, he, very lonely. He
1: made, yeah, and he made a statement that he preferred the, the company of men than women any day.
2: Well, he spent all his time with, uh, with the company of men, it seems like, in running the church. Mm-hmm. To have 56 yeah. children, how would a man give those children the sense of family, a father, Uh, of direction in their life I know his one daughter wrote stuff later saying what a wonderful life they had in the beehive house Uh, but I think that's a very selective telling of the children's story I'd Mm -hmm. like to hear all of their stories I don't think they all had that they couldn't good of a life they couldn't
1: have numerically it would have been an impossibility for them to have it the percentage of men and women has uh, always been a misinformation yeah. in Mormon polygamy, um, and you quote in the essay that two um, that two thirds of the polygamous men had only two wives, and and then they admitted that two thirds um, only had two. They if they admitted that only that two thirds had only two wives, how many of the wives did the other third have? And so that you list. 75 men that had over, prominent Mormon men that had over six wives?
2: Yeah, right, right.
1: So the percentage of how many of them lived polygamy has been downplayed by the Mormon church during all this time. Yes,
2: yes. I had a lady in the store the other day that said that she had gone through the list in there where I I, I have how many had eight, how many had seven, how many had six wives, you know, on the list of, of uh, at the end of their stay in Nauvoo. And she says that she found her uh, great-great-grandfather enlisted and didn't realize that he had had as many wives (laughs) as was listed in the research.
1: (laughs) Well, we're getting uh, down close to our time being over, but I I want to cover a few other things. Um, So what I would like to do is quote something from Joseph F. Smith, who was the sixth LDS president in the Journal of Discourses and I think you quoted in your newsletter where he said quote I understand the law of celestial marriage to mean that every man in this church every man in this church who has the ability to obey and practice it in righteousness and will not shall be damned I say I understand it to mean this and nothing less and I testify in the name of Jesus that it does mean that now this is one place where if a man doesn't live it he will be damned Of course, Brigham Young said that often Um, according to the LDS teaching, shouldn't the LDS church be practicing polygamy today?
2: Yes, one would think. This is the case of ignoring what prophets have said in the past. And they always say, well, we are only bound by what the living prophet says. Well, how is that? Then why use the Book of Mormon? Why use the Doctrine and Covenants? Mm -hmm. Why use the Bible? Those are all past prophets to them.
1: That's right. Now we only have a, f- uh, a few seconds left before closing. So you concluded by quoting Matthew seven sixteen and 17 by their fruits, you shall know them. Yes. What are, I mean, what fruits do they ignore of this
2: polygamy? Take a few seconds. Uh, well, the fruits of polygamy are lying, deceit, heartache, coercion, misuse of God's word, uh, threats with destruction, Those are all fruits of that. And all the polygamists out there today are the fruits of Joseph Smith's polygamy. Mormons don't want to own up to this, that... Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have a Warren Jeffs that's if right. it wasn't for Joseph Smith. And, and I can attest to that
1: growing up in a polygamy group. And that's exactly what happened. Well, thanks again, Sandra, yes. for coming. Again, get her book, go or her uh, newsletter, call her, and she'll send it right out to you. It's very interesting. And as Sandra said, either God ordered polygamy or Joseph Smith was a false prophet. If God ordered polygamy, then all Mormons should still be practicing polygamy. And if God ordered it and they aren't practicing, practicing it then the LDS Church is wrong today. If God didn't command polygamy and the early Mormons practiced it without his command then the foundation of Mormonism is wrong so today's LDS Church is wrong. Either way they're wrong. We always remind our viewers that Jesus is the focus, not polygamy, not the United Order, and not Joseph Smith. In fact, following a man's doctrine leads to an eternity without God, without Jesus, and without your family. We hope that you'll turn to Jesus and follow only Him and follow only what He taught, and He never taught polygamy. See you next time on Polygamy, What Love Is This?